How's it going, everybody? This is Joe Liberty. I'm here with Melanie Sinclair. I kind of feel like I hear, should hear a ding, 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 in, ding, your, ding. in your corners, out of your corners. Yep. And we are Freedom Cartel. Visit us at www.freedomcartel.net. That's www.freedomcartel.net. Melanie, what's been going on with you? Yeah, doing a little spring break with the kiddos. That's it. Just babies, babies, and more babies. You look like you've been a little stressed. Yeah, I am a little stressed. <laughs> Being locked up with that with children for two weeks, you know, it's, well, it's actually, this is the second week, so, yeah, yeah, a little stressed. But we went to the country and, and uh, played with horses and, and uh, that sort of stuff, built fires and Let's let's talk about that a little bit. You know, I was I was reading a story last week about how women were like so thrilled to have their benzodiazepines, so thrilled to have their Xanax and Valium. They're like, it's the only thing that gets me through the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't take all that, mm-hmm. so um, you know, I I don't know. I've, I've never taken it, so I can't tell you how it works. But I will say that. Um, you know, a mommy drink about four o'clock. I call it gangrene hour, and that's when the, all the children decide that they're just going to have a, a come apart. You know, at four or five o'clock mm-hmm. at night. Um, anyway, so yeah, I mean, that's it. I, I just have like one drink, and you know, mommy's good. <laughs> I see. Yeah, so. it's some, it's sometimes it sometimes takes that. Yeah, I, I was reading the story, and the mom was talking about how. All she can worry, she just worries about something bad happening to her daughter all the time, and she gets anxiety attacks, so she takes. Xanax, and I, all I can think of is, you know, that's really bad. But the article, I forget where it was, it was I think it was on Yahoo. The article was talking about how great it was and how this this medication has helped so many mothers get through these tough times. And I mean, I get it. I mean, I know a lot of people that take Valium and uh, or Xanax and FDA you know, approved. Absolutely, but you know, benzodiazepines aren't aren't where it's at. People, I could give you some stories about. Uh, a lot of benzodiazepine addicts. You know, benzodiazepines, the interesting thing about benzodiazepines are it's one of the only withdrawals that can kill you. You know, so if, you, if you're taking wow. uh, Xanax for a year and you just stop taking it, you're very likely to have a seizure, very likely. I had one of my martial arts students, a mom, uh, have a couple seizures because of not having any, any Xanax. So it's you know it's kind of a it's 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 a dangerous thing and then you know for drug rehab uh, like you know someone that's taking something like Valium they would have to go from taking uh, a specific amount down to you know and, and then working it down over time you just can't you can't stop it overnight it's not safe. I just have a hard time taking FDA approved pills. I just do. So I think that. Um, you know, if there's any, it, it, she's so nervous about something happening to her children, but she's so okay with taking pills uh, that could, you know, give her seizures. I think her her concerns are not aligned appropriately. I think she um, she's got things backwards. But I don't know, you know, um, you know, I just, for my children, I mean, they're raised out in the country and it's just, you know, you just have to hope that, you know, they come in with all their fingers and toes attached, but, you know, things like that happen. They just do, but you can't live your life, you know, trying to prevent it. Taking some... Taking some drugs. Let's take some benzodiazepines. 
Let's yeah. take some Valium. Let's take some Xanax. It'll make it all better. And all you listeners out there that are <clears throat> taking uh, that stuff, I'm sorry if this offends you, well, but it's reality. I used to take Valium. Actually, I used to take what was called Neurovam. I took Neurovam for about six years, and I went to my doctor. I think I was maybe 23 years old or so, and I said, "Man, I'm just getting you know some anxiety." And I was I was training fighters at the time, and before their fights, you know, the, the adrenaline was you know was a lot. It always is, and so it, uh, I was just getting nervous. I said, "Hey, I mean, I'm having this anxiety, uh, and I'm also having problem like a lot of uh, racing thoughts when I'm going to sleep. You know, I can't sleep." Do you have anything that you can give me? And he said, yeah, I got something for you. And he prescribed me Neurovam. And Neurovam, you put on the back of your tongue, and it's a fast-acting version of Xanax. Yeah. Uh, it hits you within, like, you know, five or ten minutes instead of having to wait for, for the Xanax to hit you. So I took that, and uh, I loved it. I was like, oh, my gosh. This stuff is amazing. Like, not from a getting high standpoint, but from, a you know, doing what it's supposed to do. It calms you down. You know, getting sleep, getting sleep, nice and chill. And over the years, I had to take more and more. And that's what I kind of started realizing was that I was, uh, you know, I was going from I went from a half a milligram to, you know, a couple of years later, I was taking a one milligram and then one point five then two then two point five and three, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- three total uh, was the most really probably I ever took. I probably averaged at the end two before bed. And I, would, right. I would just do it right before bed. And then I just wanted to get off of it. I'm like, I don't want to be taking this stuff. You know, years later, you start looking at how it's affected your life and maybe some emotions that you've been uh, keeping down. You know, some things that... Numbing. Numbing, absolutely. Just not dealing with it. So... Uh, <laughs> just not dealing with it. I'm just going to drug myself so I don't have to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, right. you think about it. I mean, yeah. that, that's what that's what uh, those things do. Even from... But that's that's what they do for the moms, too. They don't have to deal with the pressure. Shoot, the pressure man. They tried to put me on through. Prozac because I was hormonally imbalanced. I'm like, you know, wait a minute. Let's cure the hormonal issue as opposed to putting me on an FDA-approved God knows what. That increases your chances of suicide by 50%. Well, yeah. That, I mean, you know, right. That's all I need. That's all you need. But just push me over the edge with <clears> some Prozac. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's give, just give you Prozac. Yeah, that's not a good thing for me, my personality. That would not be good. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I eventually, uh, I, I had him switch me to Valium, and I worked my way down and stopped taking the stuff, which is really nice. I mean, the idea that I'm now, I, I don't take any any pharmaceuticals besides my testosterone once a week and get my testosterone shot once a week, which is a fantastic supplement. You know they get that testosterone from donkeys, don't you? That's fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, I don't care. God knows where they get it, though. Yeah. Probably, you know, no telling what kind of animal it comes from. It comes from a donkey. <laughs> you had me sold there. I was like, okay, well, I, I just learned something today. I, I believe you. I trust you, Melanie. So That would make you a, for, a, a, a jackass yeah, completely, well, right? It, that would make sense. That would totally make sense. No wonder I'm such a jackass. They give me testosterone from a donkey. It's all the testosterone you're taking. That's yeah, funny. right. Wow. So, um, but yeah, benzodiazepines, overall bad news. I'm sure there's some psychiatrists out there that love to prescribe a stuff that would totally disagree 
But there's also some psychiatrists out maybe there that, that would agree. Maybe that's why children are so um, BAD, is that the parents are drugging themselves so they don't have to feel the emotion of wanting to strangle them, you know. Yes, and, it's a normal emotion, people. And so, therefore, the kids are, you know, continuing to behave that way because the parents are kind of numb to it. I don't know. I don't take I don't take anything for it. I just suffer through it. I think it's a great day if I don't end up duct taped to my chair and bound and gagged by them. So well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what I do, what I do now when I have kids running around going crazy. My, my nieces might go run around and go crazy. I go hum. Okay. All right. <laughs> my. <laughs> <laughs> and, why, um, and why do you do this? Close your eyes, Millie. Hum. <laughs> That's what I do. That's what I do. Uh, because as you can see on the chart there, it uh, makes a even vibration that calms the nerves. Watch. Hum. You know what it, you know what it reminds me of? What is that? The carpenter bees makes me want to get a fly swatter and swatch you. Yeah, well, I see that. Yeah, you know, people. There are people that are into that sort of thing. Um, for me, my personality, I don't want to be, uh, you know, to meditate and that sort of, sort of stuff. Exercise. I couldn't be a runner because it'd be by myself. I don't want to be by myself. I mean, I just why would I? I'm already by myself. Why would I want to be further All by, by myself? myself? Right. Right. I don't quit your day job okay sorry <laughs> i thought about being a singer for a minute that was only a minute though hey did you hear that Rand paul uh won the <clears throat> cpac the i sure did it's pretty exciting and he says he's not ruling out a presidential run in 2016 oh come on we, we know i mean Rand's pretty much running i think he's made that pretty obvious in the media He's running. Yeah. Rand Paul, 2016. Well, the fat lady hasn't sung yet, so... Well, let me tell you something. I was looking at uh, Obama's campaign in 2012. And I wish I had the figures in front of me. I apologize for not having these figures in front of me, but they basically broke down exactly how they did their whole campaign. It's, it's online. It's a PDF. And it's incredible. I mean, no wonder Mitt Romney lost. Their organization... They hired an uh, they hired uh, astrophysicists to analyze data for them. I mean, they were going in. I mean, they tested and tested and tested and tested. The marketing was the like it, it's the most advanced uh, campaign I have ever. I mean, actually, I shouldn't say I have nothing. I'm a campaign expert, but like the stuff they were doing, it was incredible. I mean, totally incredible. It was it was like Romney was playing checkers, Obama was playing chess. Don't you kind of feel like a, like a, a monkey in a lab with uh, all these, you know, being oh, yeah. tested? I mean, the, the psychological. Oh, my gosh. The testing they the did. The testing that they do on human nature and people in order to get, you know, the greed <clears throat> part of us to, yeah. you know. Well, and their community organization was kind of just insane. I mean, th- their organization, they had, I mean, okay, put put in perspective. Mitt Romney had two to three million emails. Obama had 15 million on his email list. How many were domestic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, point, I think I point, think I think that point. that's probably what happened. But no, I mean think about that. I mean that's 15 million to to 3 million 
See, there's no way there's no way Romney can compete with that. Romney was playing checkers, and the Republicans they, they still don't get what happened. What happened was what had happened was now what happened was Obama used high level marketing and a high level organization and and utilized the social and online media. Mm. Romney didn't do none of that. He lost by 3.5 million votes when he thought he was going to win. Obama's people knew going in they were going to win. There wasn't it wasn't even a question. Like I wish I I wish I had like some some inside track on the odds there. I would have bet with them if I would have known their organization was like that. Their organization was so much better than than uh, Romney's. It like they have no chance. And I don't know how the Republicans, unless they get on it right now. Like I'm talking about like majorly get on the yeah the ball. I don't see how the Republicans beat them in 2016. Well, I think that's where Rand Paul would be very successful because mm-hmm. he's got uh, that online following. Yeah, well, he's he's he is the next generation Republican. I think people have finally are finally waking up to the fact that the Corkers and you know the Alexanders of the Republican Party, um, the McConnells, the Boehners, <laughs> they are really democrats they're mm-hmm. democrat lights i mean that's really what it is they are, they are not conservative they're conservative in name only not right. by actions well i will say this i've seen mcconnell he's done a 180 <laughs> think about this 2010 he was is he up for election <laughs> oh yeah and Rand's campaign manager is running his campaign Rand paul's campaign manager is running mitch mcconnell's campaign. No, i can't stand mitch mcconnell i just yeah. am not a fan of mitch mcconnell i'm with you but uh and what, he's on a 180 in his in his in yeah. his uh policy of course he's turning conservative because it's cool and in his angle his angle was i always voted for the most conservative thing that we could get passed and it's like, oh, okay, that's a great line. I only voted for it because, you know, I, I figured you got to play the game and it's, you know, we got to get this thing passed. But now that we have, you know, true conservative ideas, et cetera, et cetera, uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to allow these, allow these in. But yeah, Jesse Benton is running uh, Mitch McConnell's campaign. Jesse Benton ran Ron Paul's campaign. Jesse Benton ran Rand Paul's campaign. And now he's running Mitch McConnell's campaign. Smart move by McConnell to get that Tea Party aspect yes. in. Yeah. Well, um, Rand Paul and Ted Cruz, and I'm not sure what is Lee's uh, first name. Mike that, Lee. Mike Lee. Mike Lee, which sounds like a bull rider. Um, anyway, <laughs> they threatened to filibuster. Uh, any bills that are in violation of gun rights, and they're going to they threaten to filibuster the Senate floor uh, on pretty much any gun control bill that comes through. Mm. And um, I like to see that. I, I think that that's something that you know there needs to be a stand politically regarding the Republican Party, and Boehner's not going to do it. You know, I mean, none of these other clowns are going to do it. And it's going to leave, you know, the libertarians, uh, you know, Rand Paul, which I don't know if he's a self-proclaimed libertarian, but he tends to, to, to be more libertarian than he is, you know, Republican. Um, so anyway, it'll be interesting to see how they do on that because we had the U.N.'s arms treaty. Uh, and had they voted on that? Did we find out what the vote was on that? 
did not find out what the vote was, but they 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 had voted it down last week. I'm not sure if that was the major official vote, but uh, I had to look in the details of that. But yeah, Rand Paul is going to be doing the filibuster. Here's here's the problem. Here's the problem I got with these, these filibusters. How they're doing it though? It's not the standing filibuster like Rand Paul just did. It's that silent filibuster that. You know, I, I don't really like it a whole lot just to be like, I'm filibustering and leave, you know, <laughs> you know, like, what the yeah. hell does that mean? Like, what's the point? I mean, I understand you're killing bills, but <laughs> I mean, like, I'll let's leave. talk. No, no, but like, because, because a filibuster theoretically is, 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 it's for debate. You know, what Rand Paul did drew attention to the drone issue. Right. Nobody knew about it. Back then, the thing was 26% of Americans thought that the drone program was a bad idea. Uh, and, and thought that they should be able to kill uh, U.S. citizens abroad. Now, 70-something percent think that uh, it's a bad idea. So, I mean, it just changed public opinion by 50 percent. Rand Paul's favorability rating is through the roof right now. It's higher than Obama's. So, I mean, he is he's, he's skyrocketing on the national scene. We had the, the uh, <clears throat> reporter from, oh, what is the, the Young Turks? The Young Turks is progressive... TV show online, and uh, he came out yesterday and said that he would support Rand Paul for president against one of these corporatist Democrat uh, opponents. And he said, you know, I'm a progressive, a real progressive opponent came in. He's like, but you know, these corporatist, you know, elitist Democrats, he's like, no, I would vote for Rand Paul. He's like, I don't agree with about 80% of what he says. And I would vote for him because he stands on principle, and at least he's going to back up the constitution the best best way he knows how that's what i like about that's what i like about rand is that i i agree with almost everything he says and there's and that is a huge almost because there are some things that i i do disagree but i can say right now without a doubt all the pretty much majority of the republicans that are uh, in senate and congress right now i completely disagree with to so much of us so that it's I don't even want to have to pull the lever ever again for a Republican or for a Democrat. I'm, I'm done with both parties. But I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I, I feel the same way. I think that, you know, John Boehner and and crew, what a horrible job. Eric Cantor. I mean, Eric Cantor's in line to be the next, the, the next Speaker of the House. I mean, that guy, you know, he sat up two months before and started talking about how auditing the Federal Reserve was a horrible, horrible idea and that would never happen and he would never vote for that and just... I mean, he was just hammering it. And then what does he do? He becomes a co-sponsor of the audit the Fed bill. I mean, it's it's incredible what these snakes do. and uh, But they do it. I mean, it's, uh, it is what it is. And, and he's got his reasons. It, it, public opinion change. And they, you know, they go based on public opinion. But, you know, one thing that I'm, you know, seeing is true is that Congress is generally 10 years behind the people. So, you know, it, I think public opinion has been different for the last five years, and they haven't. They're just now catching up. That's why Rand Paul is finally, finally catching the media. The media is behind ten years also from what the people want. Yeah, you know, like oh wow, this Rand Paul guy is the mm-hmm. real deal. By the way, on the immigration reform, Rand Paul was not giving a pass to citizenship. It's not what it was. It was what you were talking about. They couldn't vote. It was a pass. They, they would be legal, but they couldn't vote. So he did say That's that they could, they could be legal, but they couldn't vote. Well, he didn't, he didn't say that, but it was a, it, the, he was not giving citizenship. He was giving uh, 
I forget what it's called. They wouldn't have voting rights, though. Good. Yeah. So. Did I say that? And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm not still not okay putting up, you know, fences and something on the monitoring the border. They just need to go economically after um, private and, um, you know, government uh, companies, uh, you know, from hiring uh, illegals. I mean, you, to, you know, hire citizens or they have to have some documentation that they're here to have a job. So, um, but I'm not. I'm not into a Berlin Wall. I just am not. I, I think that you know that makes us no better than East Berlin. When if you do that, I uh, mean, there is a. Uh, you dry up the water source, they'll go home, huh? Well, yeah, you dry up the the free shit. They they should go home. I mean, how great would it be if you said you got to be able to work, you got to be doing this, you got to be doing that, and by the way, you can't take no welfare. There ain't no way you're not getting the welfare people. You know, you're, we are not going to. Allow you to come into our country, which, of course, the Obama administration is advertising now in Mexico to come into our country. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I like, mean, it's like let's, let's go advertise in Mexico. Come to America. You'll have welfare and phones and yards and all free stuff Yeah, nice streets to, to walk your kids down. And, We're 17 trillion dollars in debt, but we can find more debt just for you. Yeah, we, we can we can pay for this. Yeah, you know, um, I was talking to some friends the other day, and um, yeah, they kept on saying, "Oh, the dollar looks great. The dollar's coming back up." Oh and gosh. I'm like sitting there looking at them, going, "Really? <laughs> you really?" They're like, "Oh yeah, it was all over the news." And it was like, "The dollar's not doing very good. The euros are not doing very good. The economy <laughs> is not doing very good." But somehow, some way, somebody maybe it's George Soros. I don't know. But somebody oh. is, uh, you know, flushing the markets to go the way that they want it to to appear, which is like everything is fine and hunky dory. And I just don't understand how people are okay with seventeen trillion dollars in debt. I mean, there is no more money. No, we it is depleted seventeen trillion. No more money. And they're just, you know, our government's just in there, you know, printing the stuff. Look at Cyprus going on right now with the the bailouts over there. How crazy is 40%, that? Forty percent, and now they're like I like uh, John just said, they're finding out that the money was taken out from the English banks that were tied to the Cyprus banks, and so the the Russian billionaires they were trying to clip. I mean, can you imagine that what they were doing was is they were going after the Russian. Uh, really w- wealthy Russians and Mafia. mobsters. And so they're yeah. like, oh, we're going to take their accounts. We're going to take the money out of their accounts. And hopefully those mobsters and stuff got their money out of those accounts and stuck it to the man because, uh, you know, the, the idea that they can go in and take 40% of your income. And now if the money's not there, they're probably going to take 70 to 80%. So you got got a million dollars in the account. They take 700000 I mean, come on now. But that's, you know, that, that's what the people get, quite frankly, for trusting their government with something like that. Like, they, they can't. This, this, is, this is what happens with banks. You know, they, they don't have their money backed by anything. The euro, do you think the euro is going to worry about anything but the euro? They're not worried about a sovereign nation. They're not worried about going and, and stealing the money from the, from the people. It's not the people's fault. But, you know, that, that's what they do. And it's a, it's a constant... Uh, it's a, it's a constant thing. But uh, Bernanke came out last week. Oh, there's this. Wait, I just said Bernanke. <laughs> I meant Greenspan. Yeah, Greenspan okay. came out last week, and he had an interesting uh, interesting take. 
he said maybe it's time you're not gonna believe this maybe it's time that we go back to a gold standard and because it's out of control right now and since when 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 volcker and he were in the head of the federal reserve uh you know they kept the dollar to gold ratio pretty good and he said basically it operated like a gold standard even though we weren't on one that's what they were looking at he said now with gold so high he said you know it's clearly not a gold standard and we're going to have runaway inflation here pretty soon well, I mean, the, that should be making headlines. Why doesn't that make headlines? Well, OK, so, OK, great. Let, let's go to a gold standard. All right. We're 17 trillion dollars in debt. And I can guarantee you there's no gold in Fort Knox. I bet all those gold bars were, you know, pawned out years ago. I bet that there is no gold. Right. I bet we have monopoly money. Then that's why they don't want us that they don't want to be audited. Well, that makes sense. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying there's no gold. I don't know. I doubt there's as much gold as they say there is. <laughs> I, I mean, all, think about this. They think have a spending this. problem. This, this, well, not just that. This is an ultimate heist, especially with these damn greedy bankers. Think about this. The, greedy, the, 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 the heads of the corporations and the bankers are the most vile people on the planet, right? That They are what they are. I mean, they, are, they will screw everybody in the country just to make a buck. I mean, that's, that, that's what it comes down to at that, that high, high uh, corporate level uh, uh, looking at what happened during the bailout and things like this or, you know, things like that. But, you know, the, the, the bankers are bailing out. Uh, the bankers are bailing out the <clears throat> are, are getting bailed out all the time, you know, taking the money from the people. But if they have the opportunity to go take the gold from the people, in Fort Knox, I mean, you, you know they're doing that. They're going in there. They're taking. The, they've taken the gold, and they, they, they've jetted with it. What is it for, for them to take? You know, a billion dollars in gold. It wouldn't even. They wouldn't even know it's missing. You know, like how would they even know? Of course, they have the, the, their security. It's all set up high level. But do you not think the ones that own the bank? We're not talking about the bankers that you that you just know, but that own the bank. We already know that bankers in general are the worst people. But the ones that literally own the shit that they own the Federal Reserve. Come on, there's not there's not that much gold in there. Mm-mm. They've been robbing it. Yeah, they they've have. been robbing it. Why do you think they don't want us to audit it? I that's mean, right. That, that's what's going on. Yeah, I mean, you have to acknowledge that you have the problem before you can fix the problem, and they don't want anybody to even be able to you know take a peek to see what's going on. But I can just tell you that the the, the gold is gone and. And the fact that, you know, these were two fairly educated men that I was speaking with, and they were like, oh, no, no, the dollar looks great. Yeah, 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 it looks good. And I'm just sitting there just going, hello, I mean, do you not follow politics and the economics and all that? Is it just that foreign of a language to you? No wonder yes. we have the problems that we have today. Yeah, no wonder. <clears throat> Well, I mean, and it's just they just don't know. That's just it. And um, but anyway, so with this whole Cyprus thing, as um, our uh, money man uh, was telling us earlier, that uh, if they had done it like they did in Ireland, where they bailed out the people, they mm-hmm. they gave it back to the taxpayers over there as opposed to <clears throat> the banks. And they were all screaming, you know, this is going to be a disaster that you didn't bail out the banks and this, that, and the other. And right now, 
their economy is starting to show um, you know, great improvement in the fact that they bailed out the people and not the banks. So with that said, I do believe uh, in Cyprus that uh, um, bailing out the people, if you had to bail out, um, but it just sounded like it was a, a no-end situation for them anyway. I mean, they have to evidently pay back Germany uh, in order to stay in the euro. I think Germany's called in all their, you know, uh, debts to Cyprus, my understanding. Mm-hmm. And um, and also with the natural gas and the, the energy being squeezed from the economic, uh, 20, I think they're going to lose like 20% of their economy over this. Mm. And so it's putting a squeeze on the natural gas, the Russian national gas, natural gas. And I think that also upsets the Russian mafia because I think they own a lot of that sort of stuff. So right. um, it is, I would, I would really like to see kind of where the Russian mafia are landing in, in all this because that's where they were hiding all their money. I right. mean, was in Cyprus. So Cyprus, Cyprus Hill. Right. Right. So, and it's coming here. I mean, it's on its way here. I mean, slowly, but surely. I, it's, I think you'll see uh, Spain, you know, falling close behind. I think you'll, 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 you'll find some of those other, European countries in that area, Italy will be going out. Um, you know, they're going to, it's going to be a domino effect over the next few years. I mean, you know, that socialist country, those socialist countries over there, I mean, they, they, they don't like to work a whole lot. I mean, that's their problem. They they rely. I was they're talking not to allowed my, to. They're only allowed to work a certain amount know, of days out of the year. The government actually dictates it. Well, think about this. Like, I was talking to my friend last night. We were having a cigar over at the house and we're talking about the the countries over there, and they relied on tourism. They're just like, oh, you know, our place is so beautiful. Why wouldn't you want to be here? You know, just come and see. And you know, and, and the problem is with the economy of the world dropping. You know, you can't rely on tourism. Those countries are their economies are propped up because of tourism. And so, when you don't have tourism, you don't have to. When when tourism goes down, countries like that start to fail. And that's really what's happening. I mean, you, their economy, their socialism is propped up by a very dangerous industry. No country should ever rely on tourism uh, to keep it keep it going because that, that's why you want a sovereign nation. That's why you want your nation, you know, independent and you know can that can produce its own things. You know, if you look at America uh, now, luckily we're not our, our country doesn't revolve around tourism, but we don't produce a whole lot in this country anymore. Well, I mean, our farmers are paid not to farm. I, I mean, know. there's just so many things that our government does to prevent this economy and the um, jobs in this country. Right. To They want to keep us uh, in this slave position that we're in. Right. And uh, I, I don't know how to make it any better. Look, damn it, Melanie. Why don't you know how? Look at you over everything. there yawning. Oh, sorry. I don't. I don't even know why I'm yawning. I, I had a good you. night's sleep. <laughs> Got up about seven fifteen this morning and fixed my delicious coffee. I had the, the the thick roast this morning. And who and who took care of you this morning? What do you mean? Oh, you you <gasps> oh, made this oh, amazing. What? What is that thing called? A bird's nest. She made me a bird's nest, and and for those of you who don't know what a bird's nest is, because I didn't know <laughs> up until about two hours ago, uh, it's a biscuit. With sausage and an egg and a hole in the biscuit. Is that correct? Well, it's like it's a, a 
it's like a flat bread. It's a flat, like a bagel, flat bagel. And flat I bagel. cut a hole in it uh-huh. and I butter it. I see. On both sides. And then I, you know, crumple up the, uh, the, the sausage. And the sausage is fresh killed, too. It's that delicious. was a freshly killed pig. Yesterday. Well, a couple of days ago, anyway. And even the eggs were straight from the chicken, off the, out of the country. Yesterday, so, you don't get no fresh in that. We went back to the farm, we killed the hog, brought it in, made the sausage. That I did not went do. And killed the, killed, <laughs> killed the, we killed the egg. No. Uh, we went and got the egg from the chicken, brought it in, and it was delicious and refreshing. It was good. It was awesome. And then you made a, uh, what was the drink? Oh, that was a vanilla cappuccino. Vanilla cappuccino, man. Gosh, that's so good. Oh my gosh! I gotta watch myself because I get on these little things I like like that, and I'll be drinking them every day. It's like candy. Oh my gosh! It's like what, what's this? Is it a lot of sugar in there? I don't know. I didn't want to read. Oh my gosh! You got because we don't do those very often. That's like uh, something that you I see, see. Yeah. you know, once in a blue moon, and then once we get through the whole container, we'll never, we won't buy it for a long time. So well, I, I ate a whole pizza the other day. Well, I bought left one piece, but just if that makes you feel any better, I just ate the whole thing. I was like, oh. Gosh, I wonder what's I wonder what emotions I'm trying to feed with this pizza. So you uh, feed yourself emotionally I guess with food so. when well, you not, have emotional issues. Not not generally. I, I don't know what happened. I I, I I see an issue. I'm like, oh my gosh! I'm is gonna it, have to, it's the donkey testosterone. It, it, is. It, was, it is. It was a donkey test that got me to that got me to do that. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, well, we uh, we did. We had a good breakfast this morning, talked about what we were going to talk about on the show, and there were just so many things that came up. I mean, what about the Galveston National Laboratory, which is a Texas bio lab, is missing a vial of a virus that is like Venezuelan, it's like a Venezuelan rat virus that the rats carry. Yes, the Venezuelan rat virus, yes. Well, I mean, yeah, right. So, oh, yes, duh. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this is exactly what we need loose in, in the country. So, there's no vaccine for it, and if you inhale it, I guess it can it kills thirty three percent of the adults that contract it. Thought that was very interesting. That is very interesting. <clears throat> I'm glad that you. Uh, I'm glad you found that out. Well, I mean. It, can you not perfectly see what we got the Supreme Court right now that's going in and talking about whether police have the right to take your blood? We have that in Tennessee where the police, if they pull you over and they have any sort of suspicion, they can draw your blood right there on the spot and send and you know send it on to the lab. And mm-hmm. the position that is being taken on the opposite end of that spectrum is is that, any government that can take your blood without your consent is the same kind of government that will put something in your body without your consent. But I can just and that, so that with that you know in the Supreme Court right now being decided, and here we have a vax you know a vial of a virus that's loose on the streets. Can you not see this being, you know, martial law, huh. you know, all the men in the white suits, nobody can leave their, their neighborhoods. And well, you know, there's, there's a lot right now uh, that are out there. And it's kind of, I mean, it, it obviously is, is, is dangerous. It, this is one of those things that I'm kind of glad that I don't know about all this <laughs> stuff. I mean, my God, how many was it, 70-something 
88? Yeah, I, I could have sworn that they had said that it was since like 2007, like 88 reports of lost bioterrorism vials. It's like 88? 88. If we can't, if, if we can't properly deal with these, they need to be destroyed. Just hate to say it. But mm-hmm. when you're missing 88 over the last... Yeah, when, when you're talking, it's like a damn nuclear missile you're missing, people. I mean, <laughs> if, if you want to... Like, I mean, that, they are missing a nuclear bomb. Yeah, right. Oh, it's no big deal. They said it was probably thrown away during cleanup. Okay, great. So, <laughs> right. so now, <laughs> we, possibly we have a virus in the middle of a landfill somewhere. I, mean, I can see this coming out of a Rats. movie. In, in the rats. Oh, my gosh. The, the, it's the already a rat virus. We put yeah. it into the trash, and this there rat go. goes and gets it out of the trash. I mean, it, it's absurd. How many? 88, 88 reports of lost vials of deadly viruses since 2007. Yeah, and that's alleged because I could have sworn that's what they said, but I just it's just a high okay. number. But, but let's think about that. That's a little insane. Wow. If, if a nuclear missile goes missing... I mean, it's like red alert. This is the equivalent of a nuclear missile. This is technically worse because if you if you release this virus in the public, you know, at first you don't know what the hell it is. You have to quarantine a bunch of people. Uh, it's not like there was a bunch of da- it, it's worse because people are just going along with their lives, walking around the virus, you know, not washing their hands, they're doing all this normal stuff, and. And people just kind of go along, no big deal. It's like having a damn nuclear bomb, except worse. I mean, you could bring this into a football stadium. You could bring this. I mean, it's horrible. It shows you how it shows you how fearful uh, the government makes us over things that really don't matter. But something like this, they just keep from you. This, this is this is serious. You lose a virus, a deadly virus that could wipe out an entire population of the earth. <laughs> Well, but then the, that's the thing is that when it comes to alarm, the sound, the alarm on something like that, I mean, a lot of these sheeple will run and be like, yeah, protect us from the virus. Please oh, save us. And there is no right. There is no vaccine. There is no cure. Um, <clears throat> the only cure that I'm aware of is colloidal silver that cures viruses. That's what we as people used to use before antibiotics were... Uh, put on the market by the F, um, the uh, FDA, and um, and it's you know you have to have as small the the flakes of silver have to be so small that they have to be able to uh, be so small to infiltrate the size of a germ of a of a virus. So, um, and you know, and I think there's a huge effort to try to make it where you can't get a hold of a colloidal silver machine. You know, they want you right. to go to the FDA, and the FDA has, has no cures for the viruses. Mm-hmm. I mean, here we have colloidal silver. Oh, too bad. They can't patent it because it's been around for ages, you know. So, therefore, right. you know, can't have that. No colloidal silver. You can't yeah. have ozone. IV ozone also kills viruses. IV ozone works great. I think it probably has the same mechanism as, as the silver. Uh, there's there's some interesting cures with silver and with uh, ozone and with pulse electromagnetic field machines and with infrared saunas and with lasers and all these things. You know, I think the future of medicine is going to be uh, stem cells, pulse electromagnetic fields, anything that's the energy type medicine, the real energy medicine that can 
uh, make a difference. I think that's what you're gonna what, what you're gonna see as the medicine of the future if it's allowed. I would really like to see uh, Western medicine take an alternative um, turn. Uh, I, I really would like to see a lot of the FDA stuff, you know, put you know to the side. I, th- I would like to see them take more of a you know proactive cure stance as opposed to um how about preventative using alternative medicine to prevent you know things from happening or let's cure it by you know let's cure this by eating some natural yams that'll help your hormone balance you know let's go with this kind of approach as opposed to Here's the FDA birth control. It's got all sorts of chemicals. More than likely, it's going to give you breast cancer and uterine cancer, you know, all these cancers. But you know what? You get all these great benefits from it, too. Right. Get away from that aspect of the FDA. I don't like that. I just think that, um, you know, you go in there with one problem, you do, you take their cure, and then you come out with a whole different set of problems. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's, that's the problem. I mean, you, you take one pill. And it's got a list of side effects, <laughs> and then you take another fill, pill for the side effect, and you take another pill for that side effect, and it, it just goes on and on. Why, why don't they? Why don't they tell you like the main side effect of SSRIs are suicide? So your your depression medication is meant to not meant to. It, it's one of the main side effects is to kill you, or is, is to make you kill yourself. It might make you a psychotic episode. I mean, just look at what's going on with the the, the mass shootings. All those guys. Are on psychotropic medications. Of course, clearly the the government is going to investigate that. The fact that the, a three hundred and fifty billion dollar a year industry, which the psychotropic industry is, uh, is behind uh, a lot of the problems that we're having today. I truly believe that. I think that the the, the psychiatric field is a monster. We have to be uh, aware and concerned about all the medications that they're prescribing. They're prescribing to us. They're prescribing to Where are the guinea our, pigs? The American citizens have become the guinea pigs and, and, and of the all children. the medicines in the world. And our and, children. And the children. I mean, there's there's something to the fact, yeah. and this is a fact, that autism is through the roof right now. There's something to the fact that more kids have ADD than ever before. And I, I tell you, the, the, the my thing with the ADD, I, I think there's, there's a lot of stimulants that, that happen at an early age. But the reality is doctors are just a lot more inclined to prescribe medication for issues that would, in the past would have never been prescribed medications for. I mean, the idea that you give a kid Adderall, which Adderall, for those of you who don't know, uh, Adderall is not just, that's a, you know, it's a nice little brand name. It's amphetamine salt. Adderall is amphetamine salt. You're taking, a, a, you're taking speed. It's high-grade, clean, good speed. But you're taking speed. That's what you're giving your children. So, I mean, just realize what... What is Adderall prescribed for? 80, it's the number one ADD. ADD medicine. Yeah, I mean, everybody's so on So we're going to take the already electrically charged <clears throat> child and put it on a speed? Yeah, because what they say... <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. They say that the kids with true ADD, it calms them down, makes them focus. Adderall does make you focus. I've taken Adderall before. Uh, Adderall makes you focus as hell. I mean, if you if you have a if you have a test that you got to do, I mean, I know so many people in all walks of life that take Adderall. It's a, it's like one of the top drugs out there. I mean, it's common, common, and it works. It keeps you awake. It keeps you focused. It keeps you on task. It does all these great things, but it also 
causes a lot of problems in the right. long term because it, it increases the dopamine intake. So basically you got this dopamine, like imagine it's popping off at a at a normal. Yeah. That's that's normal dopamine, right? So Adderall makes it go. And then when you stop taking Adderall, all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I, I want to just live a normal life. Your dopamine's doing this. So it slows it down. Even That's why you have such a high suicide rate when people get off Adderall. Because they're like, what the hell? I don't have this stuff. Or they go back on it. I mean, they have racing thoughts. It's amphetamine salt. Adderall or amphetamine salt is, is not good for you in the long run. Your body's going to stop wanting to produce that dopamine on its own. Well, I'll tell you this, too. Um, while we're talking about all this, Bloomberg and his uh, $12 million gun control ad. I saw bits and pieces. I really need to sit down and watch a whole one. I don't think they're being aired here where we are, but um, the one bit, a piece that I did get was this guy that was up there was like, you know, I'm for guns, but, Mm. you know, uh, but the the mentally ill, you know, Mm. don't need to have guns. Mm. And it's like... Okay, so who is, who gets to decide who is mentally ill? And I will mm. say, all these people, they're on Prozac and and all these drugs. The FDA are already on a list because Obamacare has already come in and gotten all your stuff. So now the government knows exactly who's been seeing a psychiatrist, psychologist. They, they're going to know everything about you. Um, and if you've been on any sort of psychiatric drug, they're more than likely you're going to be classified as mentally ill and not able to have a gun. Mm-hmm. But with that said, with Bloomberg and his nanny state, he's also trying to you know hide cigarettes behind you know the counter. Mm-hmm. And um, as it's been pointed out, cigarettes are not an impulse buy; it's an addiction buy. So hiding them is not going to you know deter somebody uh, from buying them. Um, also, jumping back a little bit to the gun control ad, uh, we have down in Arizona, the police officers are out of ammo in at this town in, in Arizona. I'm not going to say the name of the town because I don't want, you know, to send people that way, you know, saying, hey, the police don't have any, any ammo, but um, they're not able to practice and they have a backlog of of ammo for, of six months. Mm-hmm. And so one of my thoughts uh, has been since the beginning of all this is that they were buying up a lot of ammo so we could not have any ammo to buy. Hmm. And these are not just, you know, as we've said in the past, ammunition that you go out and plink with and you practice <clears throat> with. They're expensive. Mm-hmm. Each bullet is expensive. Right. Um, so... And also illegal on the battlefield. So that only leaves American citizens for it to be used, as far as we can tell. And also with the social services uh, actually arming you know, the people in the social services department, uh, social security department, uh, NOAA, um, you know, you start looking around, there's gun control ads, I'm telling you right now, they're going to, they, that's how they're going to do it. They're going to classify, they've bought up all the ammo. And anybody that's been on some sort of psychiatric drug uh, is going to be mentally unfit and to have a gun. I, I believe it. That's, that's that's what they're going after, and they're, and the, the, them and, and veterans uh, are next. Oh the, yeah, the, the post traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> they're going to back. They're going to say that they all have it if they've been over a war. Well, and this is where we we have to to keep the fight going because you know we had a lot of Second Amendment shows uh, a couple months ago. Obviously, after Sandy Hook. 
And it was it's it's a major topic. And I was listening to the Young Turks, and I don't agree with I can't gosh I can't think of the guy's name. I don't agree with most of what he says, but I I appreciate his principle. But he he was making gun statistics of like how the University of Pennsylvania shows that you're five times more likely to die uh, of a gun if you have a gun, and you know all these different studies. How do they know that? Uh, I think they're just looking at data as far as people that are you know that are in uh, confrontations with firearms. I, he, here's what I think. <clears throat> I think that's possible, and I'll tell you why. Because you get a lot of yo-yos out there with guns that don't know what the hell they're doing, uh, and maybe they don't keep their gun locked up. Their kid because a lot of the suicides are, are for, they add those into there too. Uh, they add the. Uh, they add the kids finding the guns and shooting, you know, and, and those are horrible, horrible things, of course. But what I don't think that they're they're looking at is law-abiding citizens who have been trained to use a firearm. You mean narrow their search? Yeah. <laughs> their research? Yeah, and that actually keep their guns like they're supposed to and know what the hell they're doing. So what's let me, let me Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, homie. Like, if you come... <laughs> into my property and I know uh, I know what I know about guns and I have my gun with me my gun is not dangerous to me I can assure you you will be shot <laughs> I mean not that I have a gun in my house I'm not saying that uh, but I am saying that if I did and if I was uh, well trained you better believe that y- you would have a problem now I am a a hand-to-hand expert you know <laughs> like that's what i've that's what i did for a living for for years training professional fighters and training elite military groups and all that good stuff but uh you walk into my place with a, and i got a firearm on me with my training i mean if i don't think that it's appropriate to beat your ass i'm gonna shoot you and <laughs> i think it's appropriate and uh i don't feel like i'm at any more risk I mean, I feel a lot safer. So when I hear him saying that, I you know he, he makes a good point from his perspective, but he forgets all the people like me who, and you, and a lot of the people in Tennessee and a lot of the gun owners around the country who have been raised around guns, who are trained in dealing with the firearm, uh, that are a lot safer by having the gun around. I understand their statistics, what their statistics are, show, are showing, what the studies are showing. I, I agree. I think they're probably adding a lot of suicides in there. You know, things like mm. that. They're adding adding a lot of a lot of variables that really don't like I get you're you're doing a gun owner in general, but you're not looking at the facts, like the the, the details rather. I mean look at look at the detail of if you if you look at Around 11,500 gun murders last year, 74% were gang-related. I mean, that that's a big statistic right there. So you're at about, what, 3,000 non-gang-related uh, gun murders a year. I'd like to see how many of those were Caucasian. You know, I mean, we make up the majority of the population. How many are Caucasian? How many are African-American? I think you're going to look at about 50 to 53 percent being African Mexican that's next we're gonna look at like 52 53 percent of those gun murders being done by African Americans mostly black on black crime uh, who only make up about what 13 percent or so of the population so I mean like from that argument right there if you want to ban guns uh, 
I think that you would look at a specific class. Why? Like, why don't you look at, you know, saying black people can't have guns? I mean, that would that would make a lot of a lot more sense than banning guns all the way around. Of course. Oh, but then then you'd be racist now, right? I'm just doesn't matter what the statistics say. I'm just saying, like, if you really want to break yeah. down statistics, if you really want to break down statistics, if you want to use going on, statistics, like, you might as well get real with it. We, yeah, we and we could we could break down some very detailed yeah. statistics. Now, I don't think I mean, obviously, I wouldn't say black people can't have guns. No, I don't, I don't agree with that. But I'm saying, like, if they want to they want to break down the the statistics, it's really uh, mostly black people who well, the majority of gun murders in America are done by black people. Most of them who have guns illegally. Um, most of them who are in gangs. <laughs> so well, it's like it's like the blacks own, uh, have that reputation, and then the white the white man has the reputation of the like serial killer. You mm. know, oh, like absolutely, the, and that's true. It, but it is true, right? You know, what I mean? these serial killers, these crazy white dudes going right, and right, chopping people up. But you know, like <laughs> I wish we could have a, a a debate about this, like a real debate, yeah. with uh, without people getting their feelings hurt, because I, I feel like that we are. You know, basically, the the law-abiding citizens in America, the law-abiding white citizens in America are really being punished for something they don't have a whole lot to do with. Charlie Rangel came out, you know, a few weeks ago saying it was the southern white man's problem, uh, that the, the, the gun issue was the southern white man's problem. And, and that's really where I got these statistics, knowing that uh, the southern white man doesn't really have a whole lot to do with this. The southern white man isn't the one that's killing all these people it's the african americans who are killing each other and they're slaughtering their own race it's ridiculous and you know basically they're asking the white people to give up uh what's pretty much a black person problem well majority i mean it's like if you really want to look at it 50 52 53 percent it's really and i don't know how many hispanic i'll have to get the exact numbers like what percentage of gun murders are done by Caucasians, but it's got to be low. I mean, if you think about it, it's got to be low. Well, the first uh, signs of gun control uh, in this country was when they freed the slaves, and the gun control was prevent slaves that were you know, becoming citizens from being able to have guns. So it really makes me scratch my head when you've got people like Charlie Rangel who are trying to represent the black race and trying to put it off on the white man. And if we don't give up our guns, then it's racist. And it's like, well, wait a minute. The whole idea, the whole start of gun control was to prevent blacks from having guns way back when. So their arguments don't really make much sense. However, this is how you, you know, you you find yourself in in the middle of uh, slavery or a concentration camp is with these sort of thoughts that Charlie Rangel is having. Um, he need, really needs to come around uh, on that. However, I will say that I do believe that there is no form of... Um, now, let me reword that. that. Gun control has its... its it does not have its place in, in this society today. Um, it does not. I don't think it should ever have a place in society today. I um, you think that uh, with the Constitution, whether you go and buy up all the ammo in order for the American citizens not to be able to purchase whatever your 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 thoughts are on to do a gun form of gun control, 
should be illegal because that is infringing upon uh, the rights to bear arms. Uh, so it's there should be no shade of gray whatsoever when it comes to uh, having uh, guns. Well, and, and what's interesting is, you know, looking at the statistics, I love the progressive spin on this where they say uh, 80% of suicides for are, are whites, though. Okay, so see, whites are oh, mentally, God. so we can't have guns because we're, we're yeah, mentally no, messed up. That, that's their argument because they're, they're using that to deflect uh, from, uh, sorry about that, they're using that to deflect uh, the fact that, you know, the, the gun murders are predominantly by African Americans. And see, th- this race uh, conversation, you know, it makes people feel uncomfortable, but... You know, my feeling is if, if you have a good heart and you don't have any ill will towards another race, we should be able to talk about this openly and not feel like we're going to get in trouble for, you know, speaking how we feel and, and speaking how we, you know, uh, of these issues. Because I, I think that if we were more open about it, we would we would know a lot more. We would understand a lot more. And that we wouldn't be talking about the wrong issues. Yeah, but then you're not being a team player, Ed. You have to be a racist. You have to, like, keep people uh, socially insecure about their existence of who, where their history is from and who they are today. If you don't do that, then racism doesn't work anymore. The race card doesn't work anymore. So you need to get with the program. And that's kind of the attitude that they are having with this. Now, I, did, I do think it's very interesting that uh, Bloomberg has spent $12 million in uh, control gun control ads they're calling Bloomberg nanny-in-chief, which I thought was very appropriate. But they're also with this, they're pushing this universal background check, which is unconstitutional in the United States. So here we go. We are now federally fighting for American sovereignty against the entity of what is known as the UN. I am not a UN fan. I think that the UN is, uh, you know, a lot of the problems that we do have today and that goes for economic and political and financial um you know i guess economics and finances are kind of the same thing but i just really feel universal background check i mean i don't i, I don't care you in whatever nobody's going to be complying with this and i certainly hope that more sheriffs start coming out and and standing uh standing ground with the american people you know, it's you give of the government all your guns. It's only the governor, the the, the government, and the criminals uh, that have guns. And all the good and innocent people end up in concentration camps, and that's what happened uh, in uh, Germany. Uh, and for anybody to be Jewish today and be for gun control, I think there's something significantly wrong with you. With you, I, I think that you're comprehension and understanding um of you know what gun guns are meant for which is to protect yourself against your government Mm -hmm. and if you didn't learn that after what they went through uh with hitler i don't think that they'll ever be able to learn the importance of being able to be armed citizens well think about the definition of insanity is doing the same thing expecting a different result right yeah right uh, I mean that that's that's insanity. So I mean, you can almost rule them out. Any Jewish person who's 
for gun control. It's like, really? Do you really know why we have our Second Amendment? Oh, that could never happen there. Oh, you're right. It could never happen in America. You're right. Uh, I don't think that it's Obama. I'm not saying that Obama is the tyrant that's going to take over. I'm not saying that it's uh, the next president or the next one after that. But I do think that one day we're going to have somebody who gets into office and and times are going to be scary (laughs) enough. And they're going to try to make a power play to take over our country. I believe it. Now, you might call me crazy. You're paranoid or whatever. I'm just thinking I'm a realist. Uh, How do you like that term, the progressive term, the realist? But I think I'm being a realist uh, when it comes to that. I, I do think that there is a that there's a problem uh you know with that with that idea that that we can never uh have a tyrannical president a true tyrant that you know tries to run shit i mean who's to say that uh who's to say that it's not obama really i mean you don't you just don't know i don't think it is but i'm saying you just don't know that's the thing you, you don't know you don't want to take a chance it could be charlie Ringel. It could be Charlie Rangel. It probably is <laughs> that terrorist. But no, I mean, those are the those are the type of things that that we have to keep on guard about. Yes. And, boy, I I do see public opinion uh, changing a little bit because even if they get gun registration, even if they get you to do a background check, it's you know that pretty much wipes out that pretty much wipes out the. Uh, do you hear that? He has a lawnmower. That's what it is. It's, not, it's like, not the government. Um, not yet. Um, um, That's pretty impressive that these mics can actually pick that up from so far away. I know. Well, I mean, ninja mics here. Yeah, no, seriously. But no, I, I think that it's something that we need to watch out for. I, I was actually just now looking up online the statistics of Caucasians uh, committing gun crimes. And interestingly enough, uh, there's not a whole lot on the percentage that are uh, that are murdered. Um, by guns, but there is a lot that have committed suicides, and their their pitch is eighty three percent of suicides are by Caucasians, and so that's why we need to stop guns. So they're like, it's not a, it's not a race issue; it's a white issue. Like, wow, that's that's what that's their, that's their take on it. You know, people are killing themselves, so we should have more gun control. Unbelievable. I mean, do I think that we'd have less suicides? Yes, probably. I think a lot of them would probably go hang themselves or something too. That could hang. You know, are you gonna make? A, are you gonna make a rope illegal? No, like, they go and jump off of these bridges, and you and you know everybody's out trying to have a good you know Memorial Day out on the lake, and then they find the body. You know, I mean, right? There's that many ways that people commit suicide, and mm-hmm. you know, gunshot is just one of those ways. I don't think you'd have it any less. If you were to, you know, get rid of guns. No, not at all. But you do have those, you know, idiots uh, that, you know, that are going to take people out with them when they go. I mean, that will always be, it's probably been since the beginning of time with human beings that there's always the crazy one that is willing to harm a bunch of people and himself. And, you know, that's not an excuse for me to give up my gun. True. You know, which is like these school shootings and stuff. I mean, just it's just not. It, absolutely not. But I think they're also uh, uh, here in Tennessee doing a um, a vote uh, on putting uh, police officers in all the schools. Did you hear anything about that, or am uh, I like imagining that? I did not hear anything about that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be the biggest protester against that. You know, we disagree a little bit on 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 that, but it's. Uh, you know, I, I see both sides of it. I'm, I'm, part of me says at least there's somebody with a 
with a gun in the school. Um, the other part says, I don't, I don't want the dang, it to become like a dang TSA style thing where these kids are getting patted down and that's what that that's their image of school every time i go to school i gotta go through a metal detector and i mean that's just demeaning like wait they're going into a place to learn and they're treated like they're going into you know so they associate learning with being a criminal exactly yeah going to the courthouse or, well that's how they dumb down america so they can get all these uh dumbasses into office well i look at uh I look at, at it as, uh, I look at traveling on, on an airplane as being a criminal. <laughs> My God, I mean, what you have to go through now. I, mean, they, I don't travel on airplanes. Yeah, anymore. I know. I do. I tell my children that when they turn 18, they can make that decision whether they want to go do that or not. But I'm done. If I can't get there by car, they ain't going. <laughs> yeah, well, you're losing out, Melanie, because uh, you know traveling's what? a lot of fun. Sure, it I is. Minus the TSA. Traveling's a lot of fun, and I'm not willing to give I up. I just don't like spending my money either in states or countries that are socialist and communist. I well, just, that's fine too. I, we, you're, you're spending it in America right now, which is socialist. We live in socialism, right? Education, yeah. So, but I, think I, about this: I it's worse. I mean, like Florida is worse than Tennessee, and Chicago's worse than Tennessee. So I might as well spend my money in my smaller socialist world than to go out and spread it around in some big nanny in chief state right yeah but to me it's all about quality of life and if i go to new york which new york's not my favorite place by any means uh or if i go to a place that i like like a beach i don't give a shit what their government believes or anything i'm just wanting to have a good time on the beach with the sand on my toes and the heat and not having to deal with a lot of the crap back in america you know anytime i go out of the country and i, I go to the country a lot anytime i go out I always enjoy and appreciate the uh, specific freedoms that they have because they have different types of freedoms than we have in America. A lot of it's, in my opinion, better. A lot of it's worse. And then I always appreciate going back the freedoms in America too. You know, so it's like a. We actually have some freedoms here. We do. We really? do. America's still a great country. We just. Uh, I we, mean, geez, I just didn't really think. I mean, you know, if there's a shark in the waters off the ocean, they'll kick you out of the ocean. I Man, they control everything that you do. America's a great country. It just uh, the it's it's lost its way. We've lost our way as a nation. We we believe in the wrong things. We think the wrong things are important. I, I was watching Joe Rogan stand up the other night, and he said, talking about a, an alien uh, an alien attack or or an alien abduction, and uh, they they were interrogating somebody, right? So the aliens were interrogating you, and they they asked you to explain. Kim Kardashian to him <laughs> like how do you explain Kim Kardashian like what's the big deal about her and you're like well right and it's just so true though I mean how is I mean that that's what's important to America that the the uh the Super Bowl yeah the real housewives the uh what's the Jersey Shore mm-hmm. I mean those are like how do you explain those things Snooky. yeah like and that that's important that's like big news when you had children dying, people starving, all this crap going on, all these meaningful things uh, that, you know, people are just, they're just more con- more concerned with, you know, the Kim Kardashians than the, the voice. Yeah. Than the things that really matter. Well. And, and how, how would you explain? I mean, how would you explain it to some aliens? You know, they, they'd be like, what the hell is wrong? Well, you know, it, it, it was it was a really good analogy, a really good uh you know, story, and it's just sad to me. 
Yeah, well, that's where you get um, the, for me, like the, 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 I call them commie wood. Like, <laughs> I'm going to smack you. You're, you're like, I fed you too much. I'm not oh going to feed gosh. you anymore. Yeah, I've had enough coffee. I need, I need a couple of shots of espresso. Wake up. Oh, Liberty. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the commie wood. That's what I call it. Not Hollywood, not Bollywood, the commie wood. The commie wood. The commie wood's sole position, the entertainment world in this country, is to keep Americans looking over here. While, mm-hmm. while you're looking off to the right, there's a fist coming right behind you to slam you in the back of your head. And when it does, they're like, oh, well, what was that? Well, I'll, never mind. I'll go back to watch my entertainment. And, you know, people are just more entertained with um, the red carpets and and uh, the entertainers of the world. And, and that's sad uh, because, I, I, quite frankly, I find politics very highly entertaining. Uh, not that I like, enjoy it in that regards, but if you want a thrill, if you want a, you know, to – thrill seeker kind of feeling you know follow politics right no i agree i, I think that politics, survival i think politics are, are very exciting I, I think the internet has opened a lot up i mean these politicians can't hide anymore the truth is uh is out there and they're all worried about being exposed because i mean there's a lot in these guys closets now i, I don't i don't agree with like digging up dirt from when they're 25 years old and they did x y and z i don't care about that i care more about the issues i care about how they vote how they really feel about things yeah, but you got christians that are living in glass houses and they are the first ones to throw the stone oh i know i and i think that that's where we have a problem with that i mean i have a i have a big problem with that i, I don't think that they should be attacking you know the candidates personal lives uh at all i'm like i don't care what they do in their personal life as long as they you know, have principle, and they're in, in, and they do what they say they're going to do. I mean, does it? If somebody's like, you know, going and doing some major illegal stuff, and they get, you know, charged with some kind of, you know, horrible criminal offense, violent criminal offense, that's one thing. But I mean, if if Bill Clinton having an like affair, Bill Ayers, yeah, exactly. Oh gosh, <laughs> but Bill Clinton having an affair, I mean, come on, people. Like, we're really going to impeach a president because he lied? You know how many times the president lies? You know what the saddest part about that is? What's that? It was a blue dress. It was a blue dress? That's what people remember. It was a blue dress. I don't remember. To explain. The DNA evidence was on her blue dress. Oh, really? Yes, Monica Lewinsky's. Did she turn it in or what? Yeah. Yeah, she did. Oh, wow. Why? Well, the more disturbing is why was it still hanging in her closet with the DNA on it? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. It was a blue dress. And I've always thought that that was very interesting that out of, you know, all these years since that has happened, that's what I remember, you know, about that is that it was a blue dress. Interesting. Yeah, and I don't know why they didn't have a sketch artist come in and, you know, sketch those male privates and, and then have a lineup with Jennifer Flowers and Monica Lewinsky and huh. say, you know, which one which one assaulted you? Who's the, the, the real genitalia? Oh, yeah, Jennifer Flowers. I forgot all yeah, about her. Yeah, yeah, there was a whole... Bill Clinton was a pimp. <laughs> pimp my he, ride. He was like, he didn't care. He, he was, he's interesting. Bill Clinton, I mean, I, I don't agree with his politics, uh, but I think he's a smart guy, and he, 
gosh. Well, think about JFK. JFK was bringing women in the White House every single day that uh, was a Jackie wasn't there. So. Oh yeah, he he was a he, he was a sleaze. And they said every day it was like multiple women, three to four women a day at the White House every day. It's good to be king, right? Oh my gosh! Is that right? He, Ed? he was going crazy. I have no idea. I don't. I don't have three or four hundred. <laughs> I got a girlfriend. No, but if you if you had three or four, I mean, if you were king, you would have three or four, right? No, a day? absolutely not. There's too many <laughs> too many things out there right now. I don't know who'd want to be involved with three or four women at once, anyway. That's what I'm saying. A day. I mean, that's like a twelve hundred a year or so. That's Forget that. Right. That's my God. I'd lose my mind. You might get your neck slit in the middle of the night. Well, I have I have enough. Uh, you know, uh, enough, uh, I wouldn't say problems, but enough to handle with my one girlfriend, you know, than let alone three to four women a day. But JFK also had the Secret Service, so once they saw JFK, they might not ever see him again. They probably wouldn't have any access to, to calling him up, so he might have just, you know, one night standing it all the way down. Well, so you got a, a segment of society that wants the moral issue there, and it's what you do in your in your life. But then, um, we also do have a war of Christianity in this country. I mean, right now Easter is being under is under attack with the sequestration going on. Obama's canceling the Easter egg hunt, so we're still punishing the American people for, you know, not giving in to the terrorist assaults of the economic ways of our politicians. So with that said, we um they want to call them spring egg hunts. And we already have uh in I know metro schools in Tennessee the um, Halloween party is no longer the Halloween party. It's a harvest party. And the Christmas party is no longer a Christmas par- party. It's the holiday party. And it just doesn't end. And that's not necessarily, I think, what they mean by a separation of church and state. No. Um, I think that they've taken it to a totally different level than what separation of church and state is supposed to be. And we are a Christian country. We were founded on uh, Judeo uh, Christianity, so they just need to get over that. And it, you know, hey, they're more than welcome to celebrate their holidays as well. You know, I tell my children to celebrate, you know, with their friends what their religions are. But then there's always the little Muslim kid on the school bus that likes to tell my children there's no Santa Claus and there is no God. So then I have to arm my six-year-old and tell her to go back and tell him there's no Allah, which makes me feel like a really bad person, but <laughs> I'm kidding. Wow. I don't do that. But There that, is no Allah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Allah You know, they say the weirdest things. All, all Allah Akbar. And they do. The, the, the Muslims, <clears throat> in general, over... In the Middle East, I mean, they really, especially the extremists. Let me let's get back. The Muslim extremists, they really do brainwash the people out there. I mean, seeing some of their training and just repeat the verses over and over and over again. I mean, it's quite, quite sickening what they're doing. They're they're brainwashing these people. It is it is a scary uh, ordeal ordeal for, for 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 us to have to deal with those wackos. But you have to think about what it takes to get them in there. I mean, they have to be motivated by, by something, and, and 
they're motivated by us bombing them constantly. They're motivated by us killing them. You know, they're like, hey, you're killing our families. We're going to try to kill you. You know, we might we not might, might not be able to do the whole uh, the whole bomb for bomb thing, but we're going to use a guerrilla tactic. By the way, thank you, America, for introducing us to guerrilla tactics, because obviously, I don't know if anybody knows this, but the United States are the ones that, like, kind of started that stuff over here. Imagine that. I mean, we were the first ones to use guerrilla warfare, really. And, uh, yeah, that's just a little, little side yeah, note. We got our ass handed to us in Vietnam, though, with that guerrilla warfare. Yeah, it was our own little dose of our own medicine. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I mean, we had to fight it, too. I mean, obviously, we had to go out there in the in the jungle and, and fight these fools that had tunnels dug. God, how dumb is that? Like, let's go to Vietnam. Let's go to the jungle and take away our biggest advantages and go fight them toe-to-toe for keeping the North Vietnamese communists out. <laughs> what the hell? The good Lord. All those Gosh. people that died for that. Oh, my God. What were they fighting for? What What, what was Vietnam over? You know, Vietnam, I, it's Vietnam. Who gives a shit <laughs> about Vietnam? I mean, I mean th- th- that's the reality. I mean, that, that's how I feel about it. I mean, I care about people just because I care about people, but right. I don't give a, I don't care what their country is doing. I mean, and, and, and now look at it. We trade with Vietnam. We're cool with Vietnam. Their economy's doing good. What the hell happened? I thought we were at war with them a few years ago. You know, forty years ago. Uh, and we leave, and everything's cool now. Like I'm glad everything's cool. Don't be wrong, but why were why were we there in the first place? Our war didn't change anything. Their will, uh, their will won. They, they beat us, and now everything's fine. Like, Just look at the technology difference God. too that they had back then compared to the you know average citizen there oh i know i mean it was complete guerrilla warfare for on the vietnamese side i mean they took our, all our high-tech equipment and took us to a um a savage you know battle i mean they dug holes and put you know deadly snakes down in these holes mm. and our soldiers would be walking along and fall into a pit of vipers mm. you know i mean things yeah. that they did were just were pretty gruesome um, I mean, it's war, you know. It's horrible, you know. Yeah. The uh, the draft. Can you imagine getting drafted into that war? No, oh, or my having gosh. my child drafted into any of these kind of wars. I mean, that will not be a happy camper if my child ever got drafted into one no. of these. Now, if it was a, a war to protect America, you know, like they've landed on our soil, that kind of right. thing, of absolutely course, be fighting there with them. Right. I mean, you know, be pushing my husband's ass off the couch <laughs> to go get his bayonet and get on with it. Right. So yeah, going and fighting these corporate wars that, that we have now. I mean, look at Vietnam. We were yeah. lied to to get into Vietnam. I mean, that's declassified now. We were lied about that. I mean, come on. We've been you know, lied about every war. Well, we're every, still not getting the truth. Every, about every war, these wars. but you know, World War Two pretty much had to had to react. You know, they bombed us. I get it. Let's go kick their ass. But you know, <laughs> Pearl <laughs> Harbor wasn't a good thing. Yeah, but you know, North Korea or the the Korean War. Oh yeah. Wasn't that like 1953? Why are we still over there? We got the Korean War. We got the Well, it's because we're putting Vietnam. military bases all around the world. They call them, uh, it's called the, the Defense Fund, isn't it? 
yeah, which they're like, oh, no, you can't spend $800 billion this year. You can only spend $700 billion. And, oh, by the way, China's only spending $110 billion, so you're still spending seven times more than China, but you're borrowing the money for them to be able to spend it, so it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense what's going on right now. Yeah, try to figure it out. Why don't you look at the, what's really going on and, and see what you think. Pull the curtains back. Take the red pill. <laughs> Enjoy. See, see what we see. See the truth. If you've never seen the truth and you want to be enlightened and you want to really know what's going on, go ahead and do it. Why don't you, why don't you start studying this stuff like, like we have? Start seeing what's really going on. And, you know, Dare to question. Yeah, exactly. Take your training wheels off. You know, it's scary, though. I mean, it's, it, I mean, you have to put your um, big boy pants on to do it. I mean, oh. you, you have to pick your, I have to put my big girl pants on to, to be able to do this. Well, Sam, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, some days I, I wish. I had not uh, opened up the newspaper. Oh, not the newspaper. <laughs> I mean, I wish I wouldn't uh, look at so many you know, alternative forms of media. The media that, that isn't mainstream, but it's real. It's a lot more real than what they read. I mean, you figure... We read what three to four hours a day. I read three to four hours a day of political news from various uh, agencies and various sources, and I mean, like to to have that much information going in. I mean, I, I know my stuff pretty well. Right. I mean, I'm not the biggest expert in the world by any means, but I I know the subjects well. I know who's telling me the truth and who's you know, giving me bullshit. You have to. You have to throw, and we're not going to use any four-letter words, but you have to throw a lot of stuff up against the wall for things to stick. Mm-hmm. So you can't just read, like, one, you know, biased article. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what we try to do is that we try to read and look at different points of view. And so that way we are a little bit more, I would say, more balanced to our approach at trying to decipher the stuff than somebody that just reads, you know, pro Democrat blogs or pro Republican blogs and that sort of stuff. But. Yeah, the uh, why they watch Fox News and and watch MSNBC and think they're getting the truth from one of those places. Yes, it's so disgusting, man. I was like, oh, I have a friend. who's one of my good good friends. He loves Bill O'Reilly, and oh, uh, God. oh, he loves him too. You know, Bill O'Reilly's his boy, not literally, but like he's got too much socialism in him. Oh. And it's just like, I hear what he says, and... He's a typical... Man, he believes it, too. He believes that he's fair and balanced. He believes that, uh, you know, he gives both sides of the story. No, oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, and I'm like, look, man, like, <clears throat> you believe in that because he's told you he does. Like, why don't you really listen to what he says and see what side he's on? Like, he doesn't really... He, he's he's fake. He's, he's giving you a, a line. You know, and anybody disagrees with him, he gets belligerent and starts screaming. He does. I mean, I would love to be on his show and kick his ass. I hear he's really hard to deal with as a. Uh, he's probably has a major ego. Yeah, well, um, I would. I, I would love to be on his show and let him point his finger in my face and rip the finger off. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be so funny. You know, he's a tall man. I know. I'd Isn't be, he like six seven or yeah. something? Like something really really tall. Yeah, I, I'd beat his tall ass. I would kick him in the leg and laugh. You kick him in the shins? <laughs> no, I'd kick him in the thigh. Let him laugh. Take him down. I, you know, maybe. I mean, I could do, I could do whatever I want and be like taking candy from a baby, but he wouldn't know it. He'd think he's just because that's what happens with Bill O'Reilly. He's just big, 
intimidating man and people yeah. get intimidated. Listen, oh my gosh. I would love you to, to oh. put him in a like old headlock and uh, and make him say I would, Joe Liberty is God. I don't know about that. See, I don't, I don't look at myself as God. But, no, I'm just saying. You know. But I do uh, want to get him in a headlock and give him a noogie on national TV. That would be epic. Can you imagine? And a wedgie. You give him, give him a, uh, they're like, oh, cut, cut the camera. You know, and he's like, oh, he'd be so mad. I would do it just to see how mad he got. I like seeing Bill O'Reilly get mad because he's so furious. He starts screaming and, and pointing and like he's almost in tears. He's kind of belligerent. Just imagine if he got beat up on air. That would be, especially embarrassingly beat up. Not in a way where you're hurting, like really hurting him, but maybe maybe break his finger off. He's like, that's, really, that's, that's sort of really hurting him. But, you know, if he gets his finger and spits in your face a little bit, you rip the little finger off. Not off, people. I'm talking about like ripping it off as far as like taking it off his hand. I'm just talking about dislocating his finger <laughs> specifically. That would be pretty you're funny. You're not talking about bodily mutilation. Or no. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put his finger back in place. I've Ew. Oh, it's no big deal. I've dislocated uh. my finger so many times from fighting. It's like maybe it seems really violent to say you'd, you'd break somebody's finger, or dislocate their finger. But to me, it's like, eh, it's really not that big of a deal. It's more drama. It's kind of hilarious. You know, dislocated fingers are funny to me. <laughs> I mean, it hurts sort of, but it's like, it's kind of funny. Because people freak out and it's really not that big of a deal. You just have a dislocated finger. Seriously, like, let's just pop it. and It's, it's not hurt. that big of a deal. It's going to hurt for about a day. And then, you know what? You'll be fine. A little ice. You'll be just fine. Well, Melanie, it was fun, but our time has come. We've been talking for a long time now. Yeah, good stuff. I am Joe Liberty here with Melanie Sinclair, and we are the Freedom Cartel. www freedomcartel.net that's www.freedomcartel.net Melanie, great show and we're going to finish off with a little rebel There was a story told a thousand years ago that the oppressed will break the shackles